0: Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So, first of all, Happy New Year to everyone and hope you've enjoyed the festive period. I kind of spent it pretty much how I think 99% of individuals did, just kind of spending time with family, having kind of a lot of food and uh, enjoying myself. Uh, And as for this episode, so 142, I'm going to be touching on are you leaving your progress to chance when it comes to training in the gym, uh, your physique development? a lot of variables can impact your progress and something important to consider is how much are you controlling? How much are you taking into consideration that's going to impact your progress or are you just leaving it up to chance? Are you just kind of winging your progress to an extent? And there's a lot of things you can basically consider when it comes to what could you do to get more out of your progress, to get more out of your training and that's pretty much what I'm going to go over in this episode. It's a case of kind of finding what works, what allows you to make progress and just running with it. And that's the importance of routine. The more kind of things you can control, the more you can ensure in a good spot. The less moving parts there are, the more likely it is to go well. Uh, and a good analogy to maybe use is if, let's say, you are, let's say, shooting a rifle and that, and it's windy or something's like you're in a moving vehicle or whatever, It's going to be a lot harder whereas if everything's controlled if everything's kind of still you're going to hit the target you're going to progress Same maybe applies in the gym quite a terrible analogy but hope you kind of get the drift there like the less things that are moving the more things that are in a controlled controlled spot the more likely we are to progress whereas the less likely we are to run into obstacles run into issues that's ultimately going to mean we're not going to progress or move forward so have a think like what are you currently controlling, and what could you potentially control better? And if you are an individual who doesn't want to maximise your progress, you don't want to get absolutely everything out of the gym. You want some flexibility. Then you don't need to control all these variables. And just just bear in mind like if you have a poor session, it's down to it's down to you. It's ultimately down to your consistency. So don't beat yourself up. Well. Well, you can beat yourself up over it, but what I'm saying is, don't don't get frustrated because it's, it's your fault to an extent, if that makes sense. So just kind of control your, control your variables better if you want to have better sessions. And regardless if you control every single variable, sometimes we will have poor sessions. Sometimes we won't progress as well as we thought. Sometimes we'll get injured, although we maybe kept on top of stretching and our execution was good. And these things happen, but there's a lot of things you can control and having the mindset like when maybe poor sessions happen and maybe when you get injured or what other else happens not just in the gym and life in general if you have the mindset like a victim mentality thinking why is this happened to me why me instead of thinking right how could I have prevented this how can I get back to maybe not being injured as soon as possible that's going to get you in a better spot than just simply simply, maybe. Be just getting angry over the situation and just blaming it on the world and not yourself and not taking kind of accountability for it. So, I'm going to touch on what you can control, what can we ensure is in a good spot so that we can progress as much as we possibly can in the gym. So, the first thing I'm going to touch on is sleep routine. So, sleep routine pretty much doesn't just involve what time you're waking up and going to bed, it can it talks about a lot more or it can, involves a lot more kind of variables than that. So, things like again what time you go up get up and go to bed Uh, The the importance of that is basically we've got a circadian rhythm and circadian I, I can't remember what language it is but it means around 24 hour so your body works as your body's got an internal clock your body's internal clock produces kind of hormones when to be alert when to get sleepy and go to bed so if we can kind of line up our sleep and wake time when we are naturally going to be awake and alert and tired by just having a routine regarding it, then you're going to sleep better, simple as that. And something I've touched on prior is like if you have ever maybe had jet lag, you'll then feel the effects of being out of your routine, being out of your circadian rhythm. If you've ever tried to get to bed much earlier than usual or stay up much later than usual, you'll be really tired or you'll wake up early even though you went to bed later if that makes sense and that's due to your circadian rhythm so it's the more kind of in sync we can be with our circadian rhythm the more consistent our sleep's basically going to be and you can also consider much more variables when it comes to your sleep and a few are maybe limiting light exposure at night getting light exposure in the morning it could be making sure that you are controlling maybe when you eat your last meal or when you stop drinking water Or maybe taking supplements to improve your sleep. Like, there's a lot of things you can do to make your sleep as best as possible. And folks say, oh, I've got poor sleep. But they also tan a monster five hours before bed, don't do any of these kind of things. So that's probably why people sleep poor. Yes, people can have, I can't quite recall the name of it, when they... Insomnia, where they just struggle to sleep and they've got sleep difficulties. Some people, I believe, as much as they can control every single variable, it's just they are just can't really get over it, if that makes sense. But I don't think 99% of individuals are in that case. And I think 99% of the individuals just don't control their variables well enough and they don't kind of control what they can regarding their sleep. And next up, I'm going to touch on hydration. So hydration, as I've touched on prior doesn't just involve your water intake, it involves things like your salt intake as well. So with our hydration, what you could potentially consider is, could you control how much water you have prior to your session to ensure you're definitely hydrated? Could you ensure you're having enough salt and you're salting each meal prior to your session or having salt in your pre-workout meal? And something that kind of helps not leave your progress to chance is just having routine, because if you find what works, run with it, like I've said earlier. If you can, control these variables. If they are the same every day, it means you don't have to consciously think about it. For example, I drink the same amount of water every day. I have the same amount of salt every day. But you might think that's a pain in the arse. But it's really not. It means I don't have to think about it because it's the exact same. I don't even really think about how much water I need to drink because I just kind of have the same amount. It's I'm basically running off autopilot. And if you can make tons of variables run off autopilot and not have to consciously think of them it's going to be so easy to kind of control your progress and make sure you're progressing effectively and yes yeah, so water and salt could you control that and make sure you've got a decent amount per session in terms of how much water to have so drinking to first could be an okay metric i personally like to have a set amount just so i'm not leaving it up to chance and i don't forget to drink water etc or or I might just not be as thirsty but i might actually be a wee bit dehydrated because if you get thirsty, that's a sign you're already kind of dehydrated, I believe. So don't kind of wait until then. I personally drink six litres on a daily basis, three of which is before session or just over three. And then a litre and a half is during and then the rest is after. And what you could consider is things like salt as well. You could salt your meals to taste. You could weigh out your salt. It depends how, sweat, how much you sweat and how much kind of or what. Environment you're kind of living in in terms of how much salt you need and and also how much water you drink and also like how much salt you're getting through food sources if you have like a really processed diet and eating takeaways all the time you're going to get salt in your diet naturally whereas if you're eating let's say lean meats vegetables and quality carbohydrate sources they're most likely most of them aren't going to come with a lot of salt in them, so that's something to consider and you can just control it a bit more pre training or you could control it throughout the day as a whole. It's completely up to yourself, but I believe that is something valuable to have kind of routine around. Because again, if you're dehydrated, that can have a negative impact on your performance, hence why that's something we want to control. And next up, I'm going to touch on sleep. So sleep is, sorry, not sleep, nutrition. I've already touched on sleep. So nutrition, you can consider things like your macronutrient intake on a daily basis and even before your session. So your macronutrient intake is basically how much protein, fats and carbs you have. Those three things will make up how much calories you have on a daily basis. And protein has four four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram. Carbohydrates has four calories per gram. And with those macros, what you can consider is having a kind of similar set amount in each meal maybe. Or if you don't want to do that, and I don't think people need to necessarily do that each meal, you could at least do it your pre and post workout meal. ...to ensure you're definitely fueled and you definitely recover effectively... ...because they are arguably the most important meals. And you can, like I said, just consider it pre pre, or all meals... ...and also you can consider your calories on a daily basis... ...especially if you're trying to get your body weight to up or down... ...if you're gaining or dieting... ...then that is something very important to control. And you can have a bit more flexibility with the meals outside your, your training window... ...because I don't think they're going to have as great an effect... Saying that, if you have a meal immediately before training and then train straight away and you've not had any food beforehand and let's say it's later in the day or you've just not had any carbs and you're dieting, that could have an effect. So maybe when your food's lower, there's less likelihood of you not being fueled for your session. So it's maybe a bit more important controlling that. And you can even have set meals. so That's something that I do myself and see if you've got, see if let's say you are trying to, let's say, lose weight or gain muscle. You don't want to maybe eat a meal plan approach, completely fine, but you could consider, could you have like a half and half approach, meaning have like a meal plan approach around your session, so a set pre and post workout meal, which will definitely ensure you're going to perform well, and you're definitely going to recover effectively. And as I believe I touched on with the episode with Charlie, if you have a set pre and post workout meal, or if you just have routine with it, it, it's a lot easier, it saves a lot of kind of stress and thinking about what you're going to eat on a daily basis, and kind of wing in your progress a bit more and also it means if you know every single trading day you're going to have let's say you're going to have a whey protein shake and two bagels pre-workout then you know if you go to the shops you need to buy a certain amount of food which means you're not going to be left in the house nothing to eat before your session getting a poor food option that doesn't digest well or not being able to eat so that's something to consider and as for, like, the rest of the time, if you have, like, a set pre- and post-workout meal, you can then have flexibility in your other meals so that you can have, or you can remain kind of mentally fresh and have flexibility, but you can also be able to perform effectively and not totally wing your food intake on a daily basis and your protein intake on a daily basis. Because if, let's say, you know X amount of food gets you enough protein and calories, that's that means, like, it's not, you're not going to, like get to the next day and not hit it if it's the exact same it means it's definitely going to be absolutely nailed whereas if you're having different food choices different proteins carbs fats and your meals just look completely different then you're going to be winging your ability to hit that goal and just spending a lot of time on my fitness pal and although maybe it's a wee bit more restrictive in some nature having to set meals it means you've, you are saving mental space and mental kind of sh- stress of logging your food and going onto my fitness pal every day because I'd rather eat the same foods than have to kind of go in my fitness pal for every single meal and log it. That for myself is an absolute pain in the arse in my opinion. So next up we have warm-up sets. So warm-up sets are something that's going to impact how your actual working sets can go. So the sets where you are actually getting you're stimulating your muscle tissues from them. Because warm-up sets I wouldn't really class as that. So, as for warm-up sets, if you can make sure they're the same, it means when you get to your working set, you're not going to perform poor due to maybe doing more than you did last week or lifting heavier in your warm-ups than you did last week or not warming up enough, risking injury. So, just if you control how much warm-up sets you do, how much reps you do each, it means you're not going to kind of tie yourself out. The goal with our warm-ups should be to warm up as efficiently as possible, meaning to basically use the least amount of work to get warm, to get safe, to perform well in your working set. So without having a negative effect on performance, but also being able to be efficient at that movement, to be skilled at that movement. And certain movements will be different than others. For example, barbell back squat, if you've introduced it and it's a second week of you doing a barbell back squat, you're going to maybe need a bit t- bit more warm ups than someone who's maybe been doing it for a year they might be able to warm up at a bit of a faster manner or do less warm up sets and when it comes to like a machine let's say you're doing a like a, a machine for your back let's say a, a t-bar row or a low row machine or any row right that's chest supported and for example on my back and hamstring session i have a t-bar row third so i do a pull down on an rdl and then i go in that t-bar row I don't need to do three warm-up sets for that T-bar. I I literally do one, maybe two reps with half the weight and then I jump into my working set, my set where I'm actually trying to stimulate muscle growth. So it depends where in the session it is. It depends how much skill that exercise acquires, how much warm-up sets you need per exercise. But make sure you're not just having the same approach for every single movement. Make sure you're having an approach that kind of makes sense logically on paper in terms of how much sets you need to warm up for that for that specific muscle group if that makes sense and as for execution so execution is something that should also try and keep standardised and in the same spot and the reason being is if your execution is different every single time you are stepping in the gym uh, on different movements then it's hard to track progress for example did you actually progress exercise or did you speed your reps up did you make them slower did you go deeper than you did last week did you have a different grip on the bar, or a different stance than you did last week? And if you control these variables, it means again you're going to be as likely as possible to progress. Because although you're not changing the movement, if you're performing a movement with a completely different stance, then that's somewhat a novel movement, which can impact your performance, and it can influence how much what muscles you actually work, and to what degree, and it will influence how much you'll get out of each exercise as a byproduct of that. So if you make sure your execution is the same. You can also, like what I recommend clients do and what just anyone do really, is log what settings you've got each machine on. So if you're going onto a back machine or any machine, let's say a chest press, make sure the seat height's the same because the height of the seat will influence your upper arm position and if you're pressing the direction the machine's travelling. And basically your setup can influence how effective the movement will be. And if your setup is constantly changing, that's going to impact your ability to change the movement because you might make it harder easier or just again make it so that you're not efficient at that movement pattern because it's not exactly the same as it was last week so taking notes on things like that can be very valuable and just basically make make things the same simple as that like again it comes back to the less moving variables the better so if you can make things the same it means there's less things that are going to go wrong less things that can impact your progress less things that are going to be left up to chance we can also consider things like training time. So like I've had a c i have had ai had a client who came to me and they were like I had a really, really poor session and then I then he ended up training at like I think it was eight o'clock at night or something like that and it's like you've been up for how many hours? You're probably a bit tired, you've probably had a long day, you're probably mentally and maybe somewhat physically exhausted. So it's gonna be expected for them not to maybe have an amazing session or maybe not doesn't mean their session's going to go poor but it means let's be honest it's probably going to be less likely to go well so that's something to consider like are you training at a time you know you're going to perform well and you're going to enjoy doing so as well enjoyment's obviously a big factor when it'll influence our effort it'll influence our consistency and also like if your training time's the same then it means you know how much water to drink prior to your session it means you know how much food to eat prior to your session to ensure you perform well and again, it's less moving variables. And if you're training super late in the day, that's going to impact your sleep quality. When we train, it's training's a stressor on our body. So it will spike cortisol. Cortisol can impact our ability to produce things like melatonin. And same with like adrenaline. When adrenaline's high, that's going to affect our ability to kind of switch off, get our resting heart rate down, body temperature down, and have a good quality sleep. And just get in a relaxed state, a, a resting digest state pretty much. So that's the same reason why we don't want to have like caffeine late in the day as well. So make sure you're training at a time that you know suits you is not going to impact sleep quality etc because it does add up, it does matter. And something you can also consider is your exercise order. So are you going in the gym and are you doing your movements at a completely different time each time you basically go to train? Or are you making sure that they are controlled, that they're in the same order? Uh, same with like, what movements you do. Are you just switching it out of boredom every single week or are you keeping it the same and finding enjoyment and finding satisfaction and getting stronger at each movement. That's something I'd consider I, or I'd recommend considering. You want to make sure things are the same so you can assess if you're progressing movements or not or did you just progress it earlier in the session. I'm not saying if a machine's taken, you need to wait half an hour to get on that machine, but when you can, keep it nice and consistent. Keep it the same on a weekly basis. And also, like, how much training volume are you doing? People are really quick to maybe change how much training volume you're doing but you can't you can't understand or you you don't know if you're doing enough training volume after two weeks of training what i mean by that is if let's say you're trying to bring up your biceps you're starting a gaining phase two weeks in you are maybe you're not getting any bicep soreness so you're or not even that let's say two weeks in you don't see progress in your biceps so you're thinking i'm not doing enough that's probably not the case it's probably a case of you've not gave yourself enough time You've not gave yourself enough time training hard and consistently. That's usually the answer to most weak body parts. Execution, time, simple as that, and effort. So don't be quick to change your training volume. You need to you need to give yourself an adequate amount of time to see if something's actually working or not. And if you're in, let's say, a gaining phase, then it takes time to build muscle. And when you're building that muscle, you're also going to be putting on body fat. So... Don't expect to maybe see progress in a certain body part when you're pushing your body weight up. You expect you will make the progress when you're pushing your body weight up, granted you're progressing your lifts with an adequate amount of sets, but you don't know until you kind of diet down again what's been improved and what's not, because that body fat that you gain while pushing your body weight up somewhat masks the progress that you make, so bear that in mind and don't be too, too quick to maybe change things when you're gaining when you don't know they actually need changed. And also things like your stimulant intake, so... How much caffeine you have, and uh, like if you have too much caffeine, it can actually have a negative impact on your performance. If you're having it close to bed, a negative impact on performance again. So make sure you consider it and not have not maybe have it late in the day or have too much that impacts sleep, etc. So bear that in mind. That's something else you can also control as well as training volume. So in terms of something else you can control, lastly I'm gonna to touch on your daily routine. So just things like what time well, that, it starts what time you wake up and go to bed, but also expands to what time you eat your meals, what time you maybe, go to the again, go to the gym, which I kind of touched on. And also just what time you do, like, small tasks, like start to wind down for the day. And you can consider, like, time and tasks at a time that suits you. What I mean by that is things like uh, when you maybe have a bath. It's like if, let's say, or oh, for me, I'll kind of explain in my circumstances so I obviously only coach which means I can control my work hours so what I could basically do is I could wake up have a bath stretch and then maybe go a walk and then watch something on the tv or whatever and then I could work after that until very late in the day and then go straight to bed that's probably not going to be a good routine because I'm timing my work and the stress or things that maybe cause potential stress and make my Brain very active later in the day. Whereas if I completed the demanding tasks that are going to involve a lot of effort, are going to involve a lot of kind of mental focus and is going to, I need to kind of perform my best on at the start of the day, then I can time tasks that help me unwind, that help me get into a relaxed state, that help me also maybe switch off for the day later in the day which means I'm gonna set myself up for not only working more productive more efficiently and giving my clients a better quality service and improving my coaching service more effectively but it's also gonna mean I switch off effectively to go to bed and maybe you don't online coach maybe you've got a different job role but you can also consider some some things that could maybe tie into that if that makes sense like when you do certain tasks or when you maybe prep your food for the day etc Uh, so that's just something to consider it's like how's your daily routine looking are you kind of structuring your tasks and what you need to get done in the day in a way that complements your day and allows you to work efficiently and just have like a smooth day if that makes sense have it go effectively are you kind of doing it in the opposite manner like are you if you're sorting out something very stressful right before bed then could you maybe shove that early in the day or in the morning or do it on your days off in the morning if that makes sense uh, all these are things to consider and things like your weekly routine as well so when do you prep your food for the week if you do so that can help you stay on track massively with your nutrition if you're doing that very late at night before work then it's probably not ideal whereas you could use your day off to do it and save you having stress from having a really busy day uh, saving you staying up later etc and have better sleep quality as well a result of that so there's a lot of things we can control and a lot of ways to be better and something I'm big of is just not being complacent if you if you are complacent, if you don't think working you can improve, then it's going to reflect your results. It's not just about training hard and getting a good sleep and hitting your macros or hitting your protein and calories. If you just boil down your progress to hitting your calories for the day, your training for the week, and also sleeping a reasonable amount, you're leaving your progress. You're leaving a lot of progress on the table, in my opinion. There's a lot more variables that can affect your progress so make sure you take them into consideration. So thank you very much for everyone watching or listening. If you did enjoy the episode, feel free to give it a like, subscribe, depending on what you're listening to it on, or give me a comment if you're watching on YouTube. And if you did give it a listen or a watch, then feel free to share it on your Instagram story and give me a tag so I can personally thank you and to help the podcast grow. So hope everyone has a great year and has a great week.